Hey everyone, this is Andrew. Um, before we start today's episode, I just wanted to let everybody know that there may be some uh, adult language and uh, listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome to the inaugural edition of Ankyrian Archives. I'm your host, Andrew, aka Eric's, and these are my uh, co-host, Alali. Hello, this is Marwa or Mars or Alali. And we got Riot. Riot. All right, this is a podcast about the text based game or MUD, as some people call it, known as Aetolia the Midnight Age. For those who are unaware, a MUD is short for multi user dungeon or multi user dimension. I like dungeon. It's better than mush, too, because mush stands for multi user. Um, something hallucinations. The something yeah, is very standing. Yeah, but dungeon and dimension could be used interchangeably, but for the most part, that's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Mushes are also for nerds. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna with this first episode, and uh, anytime we have someone different on, we're going to do introductions so that everyone listening knows that you know, what the experiences and knowledge are of each person. And uh, so to start the introductions, uh, I think one of these fine people is going to start first. Go ahead, Lollipops. Yeah. Lollipops, okay, I'll go. So I started playing Itolia, um, goodness, maybe a year or two after it started. Um, and I was just a teenager in high school. I really enjoyed it. I came by the game by accident because I was in a, um, I was in a Java class, and the one of the assignments was to go look for an active engine. And um, I happened upon a couple of of uh, games that had a Java engine, and then that led me to discover Atolia. And when I talked to the producer at the time, I just emailed them and I said, I have an assignment. I'm curious. They said, Why don't you play? play and find out. So I made a character. I chose Vampire at the time. Um, and I went into Debane. That was my first house. And I got to meet really cool people. I got in trouble right away, but we'll get into really? that later. That's not a shocker. No, I mean, I got in <laughs> trouble because I met Faith and she was, she came on and she really wanted to, um, eat newbies so that was her first act and then that was against the rules suddenly so couldn't eat newbies anymore you're talking like eat newbies like like bleed them to death feed on them okay okay i i think we needed to clarify that for the uh, more pg audience uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right well anyway so then i played for a few years because i really enjoyed it and i did pass my assignment and i passed my class but then life got in the way. I got married, couldn't play anymore. So that took like 10 years, 11 years maybe. I stayed away. Um, but after that, I came back and things were kind of interesting. And I switched sides and I enjoyed it so far. So I've got some experience doing a few classes, doing a few things for the game, role playing, writing, editing, stuff like that. Now I'll pass it on to Riot. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Riot. I actually started playing MUDs when I was 14. Um, so young. 
I know, right? Back whenever I was a, a wee little lad <laughs> in high school. Uh, I actually, believe it or not, my first uh, MUD was uh, a Wheel of Time MUD back whenever it actually used to use Telnet. Um, oh, man, I remember that. So I, I'd usually go and, and play it during lunch. Dur- I'd go in during lunch whenever I wasn't hanging out with my friends mm-hmm. and uh, log in and use Telnet. And half the time, the librarians are like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> And then eventually I, I left uh, Wheel of Time because they stopped supporting Telnet. Um, and then I, I went actually to... played Wheel of Time for a little bit. I really didn't like it because it didn't have an overall map the way Atolia did. I don't know. Wheel of Time was actually not that bad. Yeah. Um, I liked the permadeath aspect of it, but I also didn't yeah. really like the whole you had to find weapons and depending upon the weapon you found. And you had to find your... ins to log out so you can save that your character there. Yeah, so overall it wasn't bad. But eventually they shut off the Telnet, the ability to use Telnet, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of shut down the Wheel of Time game that I was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I went to Empyrean, and I played Empyrean from the time I was about 15 um, till, I don't know, maybe 19. Um, then I quit because I went to college uh, for a year, uh, came back, didn't really feel like Empyrean anymore, and so came to Atolian. That was probably that was probably about ooh, six and a half, seven years ago now. And I played a vampire because I had played Atolia before, and I was a vampire then. Um, got into some really bad, got into a really bad situation that I couldn't recover from, so I ended up quitting my first character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my second time through, I ended up having a much better experience, and now I have played such a good character, which is debatable depending upon your circuit, your point of view, <laughs> <laughs> um, that he has a reputation for himself, and he's actually been politically in power for almost his entire life. Interesting. So, all right, your turn, Eric. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to preface this before I start into it by saying that um, mine's going to be pretty long because I try to cover quite a bit. But um, I'm going to preface it by saying that, like, I'm in no way bragging about anything that I say here. And I don't think the other two are either. I'm just trying to elaborate on my experience, like how I remember it in my head. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, my name's Andrew Burns. I'm 36 years old. I've been playing Iron Realms games since I was 16. I started on Akea, and le- later on, even on Akea, I found uh, I met a f- a, uh, a girl off of there that became my longest relationship in real life. Later on, oh, uh, you know, we haven't been together for like about 10 years now. She moved back, but I was with her for like four years, and I met her on Akea. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Um, eventually, I made a character on Aetolia in 2002. Uh, this character was the same and only one I had on Aetolia until I retired him in 2015. Mm-hmm. His name was uh, Malok Bahiran. Uh, whenever an Empyrean opened in 2003, I started on there the same night the game opened. Um, in fact, I was actually connected to Aetolia and hanging out in Castle Bahiran with other people when uh, Empyrean launched that evening. Uh, I ended up moving on mostly to Empyrean uh, for a while because um, 
I found it new and interesting and more fun uh, than what I was doing at the time on Aetolia. Um, I also got lucky in that they liked the way I role-played, and um, I got to be one of the first guild masters that was picked by the gods, along with, like, on the city council in that organization, like the city mm -hmm. I was in. Um, you know, after a lot of time playing, appearing, and making friends, making en enemies, I stopped for a while and uh, ended up volunteering on there as a Solani back then. Look, to be fair, if you didn't make enemies in Empyrean, you were playing wrong anyway. So <laughs> right, it was kind of the wild, wild west back then. Uh, this, you know, that was way in the beginning, back when before they had like defined circles and everything. Like you could, you could like help all three sides as any side, you know. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I've been there, but I'm just saying, if you didn't make enemies in Empyrean, you're playing it wrong. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but like being a Solani, it was, you know, it was cool. It was, it was a learning experience. I'd never done anything like that on a game before. Um, but eventually I, I didn't get super far into it. I, I wanted to go back to playing. Um, and then I kind of quit for a while. Um, but um, eventually I think I went back to Aetolia after not playing Iron Realms for a while. Um, back when Gallius was running things about, what, nine or ten years ago now? Mm. Uh and then uh, I played it. I played my character again briefly, and then volunteered again under Gallius. And uh, that this was back when Albados and and Delve were being built, and I helped I helped build on that. Um, I did some events and stuff, and eventually I got to, to play a god. I wanted to make my own god uh, back then, but uh, we didn't get to do that. Uh, back then, the plan was to actually make new gods. Believe it or not. But they never yeah. did that, apparently. You're talking about the Albedos gods? Yeah, yeah. I had an idea for what one I wanted to make, but I didn't the get to. And instead of waiting around for other, I was like, all right, I'll just play one of the existing ones. And the only male one that was available, because I didn't want to play a female, was uh, Heron. So I got to play Heron for a little bit back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, that was also very, very much a learning experience and uh, how to deal with other players from a different perspective. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting. Um, but eventually I stopped volunteering on there too. But before I did, I got to go that year to the God meet and I was, it was just me and Gallius there. I got to go to the thing and meet him and meet everybody. Oh, that's nice. I remember that. And that was one of the, um, one of the coolest things I ever got to do on these games was go to, go to that God meet and meet everyone. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but after that, um, a few months after that, I ended up quitting because of some like inner political things that were happening in the pools that I won't go into here. Um, mm -hmm. And then I started playing. Um, I think I started playing in Empyrean again for a little bit, um, just a little bit, like a year, maybe less, and stopped again. And then eventually I jumped back to Atolia around 2014. And when I did this time, I actually like learned how to really play Atolia. Mm -hmm actually level up and and you know do things do combat meet people you know really play the game for a change and uh, and uh at this point i i eventually met caladora um she, she was a big impetus for me to continue playing atolia because um we eventually get our characters got married and also <laughs> and then also i got to meet her in real life because we found out that we only lived about an hour from each other very cool yeah, and then, um, you know, so we I spent about a year 
I think about a year doing that. Um, we got to do all kinds of cool stuff together. If you guys remember out there, remember um, the Oasis system. Uh, I got the, we got the road trip to meet Ashmer who made the Oasis system and Ishan was there too. If you remember those guys. I remember yeah. Those them. names sound familiar. I know yeah. them. Yeah. They were Oasis cool. Turned they were really cool people. Bar, right. Say what? Oasis turned into Tripwire after that, right? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it did not. So, Tripwire is it what Tripwire came from Earthshaker? Uh, oh, yeah. Oasis was something Ashmer built. Yeah. Serenity came from Oasis. Source came from Tripwire. And then Sunder's come from Source. No, I think Sunder kind of came from its own thing. It doesn't have a lot of stuff. From not really. It took the Fallout basic... came from Source. Fallout did come from Source, but Sunder came from Source as well. They just changed the way it works. Everything about I... Sunder, even the code, is so different from Source. Yeah, but you can take anything and go and and revamp it. I mean, I use I use Tripwire now, and it's no longer really Tripwire from what it originally was because I've modified it so much. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, but Oasis was really cool. Um, it was very, very good for the time. I think um, mm -hmm. it didn't use first aid; it used its own curing, which was really good. At least I thought it was. It, it made the game way more fun for me. And believe it or not, I actually paid him money to to like help support it and like build me a right. version of it and stuff. Um, Oasis was actually really good curing system back back before first aid. Yeah, his name's uh, Ashmer's name is Alec, and Alec is super smart. He's one of the nicest and smartest people, and most interesting people I've ever met in person from these games. Um, he, he's he's something, but uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. But I still have him on Facebook. But um, I actually still have the the source code that he sold me. In fact, I had it saved, and he actually asked me for it recently because he had lost it. So that was kind of interesting. But um, but yeah. Anyway, you know, after that. That, that that was during the summer of 2015. We went and road trip to them together. Um, that was really fun. And then I'd say about mm, three or four months after that, that year, I decided to retire my character of like, you know, what is it, 13 years that I had it. Um, I did that for a few reasons. Some of them aren't so good. Like some of them was some interactions I was having with other players. You know, I won't go into that. And I just kind of got tired of it and I decided to move on. Um, and here I am four years later. I haven't played any Iron Realms games since about a month ago, you know, and uh, I'm having fun on this side of the game. I'm having fun having a fresh start on the game. Um, a lot of the changes I've seen are really cool. I like them. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. We're in 2019. Have you gotten into farming yet? I do, in fact, have farming. I have a farm. I also have cows on this farm. And that's about it. I've only done what other people have told me to do with farming. And therefore, <laughs> I find it very weird and boring and don't know why I have the skill. Oh, I'm really excited about farming and, and mining, too. I think mining is going to be a lot of fun when it comes out. So I haven't done any farming yet. Like, I was really, really excited whenever it came out. I mean, mm -hmm. even to the point to where, you know, uh, <laughs> Iron Realms actually, I think it was Tier himself made a, a little meme. And put it on the Facebook page because I was so excited about it. But mm -hmm. I haven't got into it, you know. So for those listening, I'm primarily a, a combatant slash hunter. Um, so I don't really do a whole lot of, of role play. I do. It's very, it's very 
you know uh minimal yes thank you sorry <laughs> um it is very I like minimal though i think role playing is a lot of fun it brings a lot of spice to spice and meaning to to everything that goes on in the game so even if i'm like even if I'm in the shop and just doing a little shopkeeping, I'll have a friend come over and we'll pretend to do something minimal. You know, it's it's just easier to roleplay everything. It is, but at the same time, I think there's there comes a line. Like whenever you're trying to have interactions with a player, like mm-hmm. I don't think you, sh- I don't think there necessarily needs to be like some sort of where you're emoting out like your action and how you respond. Like you can just have just a general conversation using says um, or even actions within the says, but you don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to do emotes to have a full on role play conversation. Well, yeah, and of which, course. Which, which where, right. Which is where, which is where I fall. Most of my role play tends to be through says or tells or, you know, yeah, me too. various reasons. Uh, but and no, people whenever, make fun of me for it. But no, when it comes to farming, like, I really want to get into it, mm-hmm. but I just, like, I'm focused on a, a goal right now, and uh, I, I want to get there before I start focusing my attentions elsewhere, because once I get to my goal, like, I'm probably am going to get back into combat r- really hard. I'm probably going to jump into mining whenever it's released. Please, oh, yeah. tell me, please tell me your goal is not to get to 300, level 300. Look, so I've done the math on that. <laughs> I think that is actually physically impossible. Thank God. Because, let me bring up my spreadsheet really quick. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Spreadsheets. <laughs> I avoid those like the plague. Let me tell you about spreadsheets. There's nothing wrong with spreadsheets. I can down lists. I think lists and spreadsheets are okay to keep track of things. Listen. They really help. So, t- here's, so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Lollipops. If I wanted to get to level 300, all right, just from level 299 to 300 would be 48.9 billion experience. That's going to take you roughly to seven years. <laughs> Look, considering the fact that I can generally, on a good day, get about 30 million a day. Yeah. Eh. So it- there are other things in the game that you can do that are so much more fun than just bashing. Right. And, and farming. Where... Uh, well, farming is nice. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it just because I really need the comms, the commodities, because it will only take me like three, five minutes max a day. If even if even that, sometimes it'll just be three, five minutes every other day. But then the cool thing about it is if I'm going away for a few days or if I'm busy with something else, then I, I can let one of my allies take care of my farm for me. Right, which is which is a blessing in and of itself. But there are what other you, things that I'm saying besides bashing that you can I'm do. At, I'm actually curious if they're gonna la- do the same thing whenever mining is released, where your where your allies can go and if you're gone for like a day or whatever, your allies can go and do your mining for you. I'm really excited for mining. I really Me am. Too. Like, I'm I just probably, wonder if it's gonna function that way. Like you mine for a few minutes and get an ore, then. You know, you have to process it in a certain way. That becomes part of... Uh, this is how I'm just picturing this to work. I don't so, know anything about what they're releasing. So I don't know how much of an how much help can an ally give you. So I with in reading the devlog, it sounds some, something similar to like, 
you're going to have to hire workers yeah. to, to mine it and probably going to simpler similar to farming you know they're probably you know if you think about the seven dwarves you know they only got so much you know mm-hmm. gems per day and then they have to go and refine those those gems and rocks to mm-hmm. uh, to the thing my biggest concern with the commodities is the generation of the four primary we'll say five primary items steel ice ash gold and silver yeah so that'll that's going to be my primary concern and with with the new farming release and to see where it goes with that or not farming mining release i mean they're putting they're putting the commodity production in the hands of the players so which i think is a good idea you don't think it's a good idea i said i think it's a good idea yeah it's just it takes work and i don't think a lot of people realize the amount of work that it would take to produce a a bundle of cloth for example no maybe not but that's why they have multi farms that way you know yeah yeah, you're right you're right lollipops and that you know it's going to probably be very few people Mm -hmm. but i think at the same time you know like 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 uh eric said you know we're all adults that that play this game you know you know i'm 29 he's in his 30s you know you're I think you're in your 30s. I'm 105. Wow. You are, you yes, are a liar. <laughs> I am well, lying. Then, well, then I'm 415. <laughs> you're both ridiculous. Uh, yes, correct. Now continue. Uh, but no, like, like Eric said, you know, we're all adults. So I think if you have a sit down and explain to somebody on, you know, without any sort of emotional uh attachment and just be like hey look we need your help if you want to help have the city succeed and continue to be able to to craft things you do we're going to need your help with the comms here and there like help help a brother out you know what i mean people i find would be very willing to help yeah now here's a question i have it's a little Mm -hmm. little out of left field but what do you guys think uh the third agriculture skill is going to be any speculation I've tried speculating on that, but everything I've come up with kind of falls already between farming and mining. So <laughs> I, I really don't know. I'm excited to see what it is. I mean, I would imagine it would have to do something with ash and ice. Right. I mean, if you think about it, elemental ashes you could probably get from the burning of wood that you get from timber uh, from growing from growing trees on the farms. So combination between farming and mining then? Ice, I think, would be a little bit more difficult thing Mm -hmm. to do. So I'd imagine that the third skill is probably going to have to do something with something something magic-y or psyomancy, if you will, to go. Shouldn't that just fall under, shouldn't it fall under enchantment? Well, no, because because you need to produce the ice. How are you going to produce the ice? You're going to, I think it's going to have something to do with water. Cause are you're you gonna, sure? Yeah. Are well, you what sure if they, to, go ahead. I was going to say, what if they made fishing more useful and made the end game ice fishing you do have to do with elemental ice? I would disagree with that due to the fact that the, the fishing is, is, is uh hidden behind a 100 100 credit pay-in 
which is similar to about 10 bucks, I believe. Like, I'm not going to yeah. pay $10 just to go fishing. But you still, you have to spend 300 credits to learn, you know, farming and mining. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> you're, you're right that you do have to go, that farming and mining is going to be behind a lesson wall, sure. But fishing, I don't, I don't want to pay 100 credits and then have oh, to sit either. there. And then have to sit there and do random quests to upgrade my <laughs> skill in fishing, which is going to determine where where I can fish and what I'm going to catch. Like that the, just seems- yeah. the, the concept of the skill itself, though, learn as you go, is so much nicer than just investing lessons in, uh, you know, buying credits, converting them to lessons, and then learning. You don't actually learn anything. I think. This is just my opinion. I'm pretty sure not a lot of people might share this opinion is that if a lot of the lessons or some of the class skills were converted this way, where the more you practiced, like Takura, the more you practiced the, the skill, the more you got benefits out of it, then I think um, investing lessons in that way through practice would make the game a lot easier. Like people would actually learn the skills that they're investing energy and learning and getting. Yeah. You know? So I think it would be a nice thing to convert all of the classes into. I think that's a good point. My only concern with trying to do that would be the fact that at that point, you know, right now, if a new player wanted to jump in and get Omnitrans really quick, they could jump into, you know, fighting or hunting or whatever, just with just a little bit of of, uh, lesson investment. But if you have to go and practice see, that's the whole point is that a new a new person or a new character or whoever should have you know shouldn't become omnitrans immediately but of course the option should be there if they have the libram of enlightenment why not oh man i didn't have that recently when i was learning omnitrans and let me tell you that is one <laughs> of the most miserable experiences i've ever had really <laughs> spending all those lessons oh my goodness yeah. When, if anybody's listening to this that can change this, make it so you can spend more lessons at a time. Please. Yeah. You can get 60 lessons at a time. You can and, do like over 100 on Empyrean. Well, that, the 60 lessons are actually a benefit of the pylon. So if you don't have that benefit from the pylon researched already, you're actually just learning five. Oh, yeah. Also, also yeah. at the same time, you can get the Librum of Enlightenment, which while I understand as an artifact, it allows you to instantly learn those lessons right. you're get that way yeah. you don't have to sit there behind a you know a 10 30 second cut. But that's what I'm that's exactly what I'm I was talking about going against that is that if you do spend the time to read through the skills that you're learning one at a time or having to invest the energy to use that skill so before you can get the next skill, I think people would actually understand their classes so much better and they'll like them more mm. then the coding just comes after that you know i'm not sure i necessarily agree with that sentiment. probably not but that's okay yeah i think it depends on the person too yeah yeah yeah. i think it does depend on the person like for me i would rather have the lesson investment rather than having to sit there and and utilize random skills until i mastered that you know and then, mm-hmm. then i get to have to do the other one I don't want to have to sit there and contem- spam contemplate 250 times before I can learn the next skill. 
Well, yeah. Shall we talk about the uh, recent uh, event with our best friend Terry the Tarantula? Huh? And, uh, and Gaza. <laughs> and Gaza. Well, that was a fun event. I really liked the story. I liked everything about it. I love the event. I think. I don't know if it's my fault, but I feel like it is kind of my fault that Gaza kind of got an attitude if you talk to him in person. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think that's your fault? Say what? Why do you think that's your fault? So when when it was released to have the the three day the three day cooldown or the three day limit before the, the the dungeon was closed, I went with Iuna and Meltis to go and do this however there were some bugs whenever tina uh rebra and zenobia did it and so they shut it down for a short time well i'm on i'm you know i'm a pretty busy person like i don't always have time to sit there and be like hey you know i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that and so so is i you know so much more so than me um so we went to go do it and we couldn't do it because it was locked because the ad because tier and the other admins had locked it to fix the bugs. So Gaza is, you know, I'm, I'm greeting Gaza and, you know, talking to Gaza. And so he's talking about how his wife got murdered by a spider. Mm-hmm. And so riot starts talking back. Well, eventually Gaza starts talking back to him about how, you know, he's a little whelp and, you know, he's getting an attitude with Riot and, you know, whatever else. And I thought it was funny. I'm not sure if that was the intention or if maybe the admins coded that in. I don't know. But it was interesting to see that Gaza had a little bit of a lip to him. Was the (laughs) character active? Like, was the mob being possessed actively? That's the thing. I'm not sure. You know how to check that, right? You can just check the info here and it'll show you if they're alert. Oh, yeah. It was alert. Okay. So, yeah, then there, you were playing. You were role playing with someone. That's oh, cool. my. Don't tell him that. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I my thought experience it was- with Gaza just revolved around me showing up and I was asking questions like, what? How do I get this quest? What is the story here? But he wasn't working. He was shut down. So he just told me to go kill some spiders and then come back later. I'm like, all right, then. So the dungeon so the dungeon itself was actually really fun. Yeah, um, it was. I like the idea that you had to go and find this eight-foot giant tarantula because, yeah. you know, because for whatever reason, a tarantula managed to kill a woman. What, okay. Doesn't seem very realistic, but. Hey, whatever. You're in a fantasy game. Anything happens. Right. Right. So, and then you have to deal with Gaza being a fucking bomb king and wanting to blow everything up. (laughs) That was the most fun for me was when you got caught, like the, the Terry would grab you and drag you down into his little lair somewhere far away. And then suddenly Gaza would be like, oh, I'm blowing up this section. And so, not only are you disabled because you're stuck in, in Terry's area, but now suddenly you're blown up because Terry, because Gaza's, you know, blowing up that section. So Because yeah. Gaza's angry. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he's that taking was, it out. That was fun because now that you had to restart the whole thing and, and try again. Well, when I did it, I was in voice chat, luckily, with the two people I did it with, which really, mm -hmm. like, made it way easier. Mm -hmm. But, uh, one thing I was I want to say, and it's there's a couple negative things, and um, one of them, you know, Tier and the rest of them already know about, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It's like I didn't know, being someone again that hasn't played for four years until recently, that if I wanted to do this thing, I couldn't already be set to an instance that day. Yeah, and that was what pretty you, frustrating. What do you mean? So, so like I, I before. I went to do this or I had a group to do it. I did my, my uh, Yelm or Yelm or whatever you call it, mine for the day. And because I did that, I couldn't go down into the borough with the, like the people that were going to go with me. Um, and then I had, I was going to be busy like for most of the weekend and I ended up not being as busy as I thought. So I, I got to do it the next day, but it was kind of disappointing to be like, you know, Oh guys, I was going to go with you, but I can't do it now because I tried to do this Yelm mine for the day. I think that was actually one of the bugs, but I'm not because it, that sounds Probably. like a bug for sure. My only contention with it was the three day time limit. Yeah, that too. Like that's the other thing that I, I, I don't know if that was like a feature or they just ran out of time or or what. Like I don't know what the reasoning behind that was, and I'd be interested it, to hear what the a, reasoning behind it, it that was because it was a Halloween event. Yeah, it's a Halloween event, so it would have had to end by the end of Halloween. And I think it went way past Halloween's end, too. So it was nice. I don't think, I don't think it went past Halloween. They kind of did shut it down relatively quick around Halloween. Like, I think it was like till the like through November, they shut it down. November 2nd or 3rd or something like that. I think Halloween was Thursday and it ended uh, Sunday. Yeah. But, but overall, like, it wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. But uh, the yeah, the three day time limit I feel was a little bit, a little bit harsh, because there were like I like I completed it with Iuna and Meltis, and I had a few more people on you know Shadow side that were asking me like, hey, you've run it, can you run it with me? Because I'm I'm a tanky person, like I died one time in that, and the mm -hmm. only reason why I died was because Gaza decided to blow me up. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, overall it was. It was fun, but I had a bunch of shadow people saying, hey, can you run with me or, you know, can you help me get this? And I've got a group and well, you know, and I was going to run with them. Right. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't because their their times and my times, they just didn't line up to the to a good point. And then and then it shut down. And so then they can't get the line anymore. Yeah. Same thing with some of the stuff that happens in the haunted house can't really get the quest done during that month. You can't have to wait until the next year. There are a few things that I really wish would come back. For example, the um, the Lover's Carnival. That had a lot of fun stuff that you can I, get. I never Do you did remember that, that, to be honest. What I is remember... love? <laughs> what is love? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt <laughs> no me. more. No more. <laughs> All right, goofy guys. But Terry, Terry was fun. Terry was a lot of fun. It was a really nice event. Um, but we just have to wait until the the final prizes come out. All of a sudden, Eric and I start barbing our heads. That's right. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> oh, Aloli has left the chat. 
<laughs> Please run away. <laughs> What's up? I never did the Lover's Carnival, like oh, wait, sorry. because I felt like the Lover's Carnival was more for like the more role play type people. Let me see. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind doing role play personally, but a lot, a lot of the people that I've been trying to do that with since I've come back, like, make fun of me because I don't use like really long emotes with the quotes in them and stuff. Like, I like to. I like I to use, use the pre-made emotes. And, I like uh, emotes. Yeah. Well, See, that's you the know. problem. You don't want to, like, if you're going to have a role-play session, I don't want to spend an hour or three hours just trying to complete something. But sometimes it's really engaging and really intense. Like, I've role-played with some people who make the story so interesting, and you're just like, what are they going to write next? I really want to know, you know? And then that's worth it for me to just wait and hang out and see what they do. But usually I think short emotes help you get your point across quickly and helps them kind of keep moving. And then you don't have to do like a million things inside the emote. Like suddenly you're looking up and you're looking down and you're setting things down and your hands are moving this way. Like how many times can you... Right make you know how many moves can you do in one action before you say three four words that's that's kind of the thing that i don't that i don't do i don't like doing that either so it's just i'm gonna look at you i'm gonna try to make it feel realistic and look realistic or as creative as i want it to be um, but short emotes tend to just short sentences tend to be as fast so i use the pre-motes um, me too uh Mostly, like I'll do, like I'm the most known for doing the mm, primo. The what? Um, what? Mm, mmm or mm. Oh, oh, like you're like something is yummy. No, not mm, <laughs> like something's yummy. More the mm, like. Oh, like I'm, you're thinking. Hmm. Like I'm thinking, or I'm disappointed, mm -hmm. or if you say mm -hmm. so. Like okay. Riot has a language for mm. Interesting. <laughs> and people have started to pick up on, you know, what he's saying when he just goes, hmm. Um, but no, I think some of my best role play is whenever it is just those quick, quick sessions or when a lolly randomly comes up and decides to throw an orb sigil at me and just be like, <laughs> damn it, it didn't work. <laughs> I really thought about triggering that. So like, as soon as he walks in, I'll auto wield an orb sigil and throw it at him. But that will take balance and I don't want to be off balance in front of him. So I'm just going to do it whenever I remember. I just imagine him like towering over you and like, you're like, you're tipping over cause you're off balance and you're just looking yeah. at him and at, a, at him in fear, just abject fear. <laughs> so the I first cannot... one, it was at not right North of trees. And I just walked yeah. up and I threw it at him and he's like, okay, that's a new thing. <laughs> I, I cannot count how many times a lolly has, or I've run into a lolly and she sat there and she's like, Hey, can you stand there for a second? Sure. Why? This throws an orb sigil. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and her comment is always the same. One day it's going to work. One day. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, th this reminds me of a little story. Here, here let, let's strap in. This isn't this long of a story, but you guys might find it amusing. Right. So, so one time, you know, I'd say when I played one of my characters on Empyrean, I was probably in my mid to late 20s. 
So mm-hmm. I was still kind of young. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was young and dumb, and I uh, I got silenced one time. Like, what is that? On Empyrean, like, when you get silenced by the administrators, you can't say, you can't tell. Um, oh. You can still play the game, but you can't, like, I- interact and say or tells with other people. Wow. So one thing I did, just as kind of a bit of an FU to them, was I was playing um, their equivalent of the Indorani class. You know, it was called the Noctusari or whatever. Summoner. Okay. And they, yeah, they have they have the tarot cards on there, just like they do on Aetolia. So, like, when I wanted to interact with one of my friends, since I couldn't, I'd take one of the tarot cards and just fling it at their face that best represented what I was trying to get across. I don't mean use wow. the skill in them. I mean, I was literally just throwing the card at their face. Wow. And that's how I interacted while I was silenced. I don't know. So, so <laughs> I want... Well, well I'm a... I'm going to go to a little bit of a, a, a want, which I don't think will ever happen because I'm pretty sure Tyr is absolutely against it. Mm-hmm. You played Empyrean, right, Matt? Right, Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you remember Witchin? Absolutely, yep. With the, what is with that? the dolls? Yeah, the, with the Vodun dolls and the Vodun curses. dolls? Yep, and Rune Lore. I want that. And I okay, told explain you. Explain uh, what you guys are talking about. I want to know. It's a class okay, on there so, where you can make dolls of your opponents or your allies and do things to them from anywhere in the game. So like voodoo dolls. Yeah, yes, that's, it was literally called Vodun. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. absolutely voodoo dolls. So I loved Vodun. Like it was probably my fa- most favorite class ever. It this was comes off like blood magic. It was also considerably the most trolly class oh, yeah. in the game. You could <laughs> absolutely wreck someone with those. Because here's the thing about Vodin, Alali, was the fact that once you have a doll of somebody, you have that doll forever. Yep. Until they don't expire, you kill it, until, until you light it on fire, or they kill you. Yep, um, it goes away if you kill them, yep. But, but here's the thing, if they have a full doll of you, you're never killing them. So how do you co- go about making a doll of someone? So you would so it was called fashion. You would fashion the doll. You would need to fashion it eight times. Yeah, it do took you, balance each time. Yeah. But do you and need to have like a piece of them, a piece of their hair, no, a piece of their no. no, you would just need to have cloth and rope to make oh. the doll. And then you would just fashion the doll. And you would fashion it eight times. The more fashions you have, the more afflictions you could do to the point to where like if you have eight fashions. You can give them instant Aeon, you know. You yeah, can... you can give them blackout as well and then give them what? Aeon. How do you how do you make your doll look like somebody without even seeing them or touching it to them? Or... You, had to, you had to be in the same room. Yeah. Uh-huh. The fashion. Okay. Yeah. So you they knew to... you were doing it. Okay. Yeah. So they could kill you before you finished. Mm-hmm. They could. Which is which they is could. where which is where the problem was because most Vodin users, they would use hit and run tactics. They would fashion fashion a few times, run away, reset the fight, come back in, fashion a few more, run out, reset the fight, come back in, fashion the last few, and then they just instantly nuke you. Yeah, they had a skill called Obliterate, which destroyed the doll, but instantly killed the the person. So this is also an IRE game, right? Yeah. Yeah. This this skill set's also been on Achaea before, and still is, by the way. It's no longer in Empyrean because they said it was too trolly yep. to allow any more use because yep. people because people like me would go and, and mess with people. That's sad. But 
I want Vodin to be a thing in 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 Itolia. Why? Will, so you can do the same thing. I will neither confirm nor deny what I would or would <laughs> that not. That just tells me that you will, and I would vote you know. I would neither. I'm going to neither confirm nor deny what I would or would not do with mm -hmm. Vodin. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea at all. <laughs> I, I think, think it's I, a fun idea, like maybe a talent or maybe a hobby that could be like a joke where you can, you have to get a hair clipping or a piece of skin or nail or claw, clothes or something from the person and make a doll. And I think to a small extent, that would be fun. Like you can give them visions that, you know, they can't cross with, with, um, combat stuff i think with some restrictions that would be kind of fun I'm just yeah, I, I well i think i think it would kind of not satisfy right over there but like yeah, yeah if you were to well, that it would. <laughs> no no i mean like w what if you were to have it be like just a thing that you could only use on your friends and stuff and only for yeah like things. you need to have mutual allies to be able to do something with them like that and it has to be trolly that's it and, but it, so, I, so you're saying i can blow up my ally no, exactly. I'm saying only the non-combative cool things like summoning and traveling to them and listening uh, to yeah. them and spying on them. Oh, but then that's kind of like the old vampire stuff. Why would you want to spy on your friends? Well, people are weird. Yeah. I don't know. I All think right, Vodin so. would be I think Vodin would be an awesome class. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, it would be cool. It, it was, you know it was certainly it was one of the cool, cooler classes on there. Um, I had it at one point as well. Um, it was but, great because, like, just like affliction classes on Aetolia, you don't, you never had to worry about how much health they had. I think um, you, you can think, you can take you can you can take monk, make it a spirit only class, and then give witchin, vote in witchin to shadow side. No, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> have you read the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson? I have not, no. See, we talked about this before, like uh, five years ago, I think, right? Anyways, the 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 book has a, a few very cool set of skills. It's a very unique world. It has a very few set of skills that could be converted into really interesting classes in Atolia. For example, one of them would be um, there's a hematurgy skill where, or I don't even remember anymore. I read it so long ago. That but, was Bloodborne. No, no, no. There's a skill where you can use jewelry or metals. So you would wear like a piece of jewelry and then you would spend some time investing energy into that piece of jewelry, like strength or vision or hearing or anything like that. During the time that you're investing that skill into this jewelry you are weakened so for example if i'm trying to store strength in it then i'm gonna spend like an hour or a day feeling very weak and tired and i can't move and i can't do anything um, until i stop doing that and then when i use that skill i'll put it on i'll use that gem or ring or whatever and then suddenly i have that amount of strength doubled or that amount of strength that i've stored at my disposal I think that is an awesome skill that could become very interesting in Atolia, especially with the dynamics and stuff like that, like manipulating stats. 
Yeah. But there are other things too, like the Mistborns themselves, like being able to fly or being able to digest metal to perform certain actions, I think is kind of a curious way. Um, but an huh. interesting skill nonetheless. It's a really good read. You should still take some time off and read it. I should. Mm-hmm. It gets a little gruesome, but I couldn't put the books down. I mean, well, what, speaking of skills that are cool mm-hmm. and, and being nostalgic in general, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I really miss when these games had the, the druids with the groves. So they Kids still do. So still, don't they still have groves that they can go to? I don't to? know. Do they? Yeah. I never really paid attention. Mm-hmm. I thought they got rid of groves on, on no, all the No, they still games. have them. They still have it. You can still go to your groove and you can still sacrifice the groove and you can still, I mean, grove. And you can still do all of that. Still there. Yeah. Man, I always thought that skill was cool to have like your own room that you're basically a god in. Uh, <laughs> that That's a cool concept. And that's the kind of thing that like I miss on on Empyrean and Anatolia and stuff. You is like take up Shaman class and play around with it. It's a very fun class. Well, I don't have 900 credits right now. Or I would. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh mm-hmm. and in fact if i was going to learn another class believe it or not probably right now it would probably be shapeshifter nice you already have shapeshifter anyways you can probably get shapeshifter halfway learned because you're already tritran yeah it gives me fabled you know and the two skills yeah. but i mean i would want to be tritrans than shapeshifter because that mm-hmm. was that was one of the classes i played a lot near the end before i retired and i made my own offense for it like that i worked on religiously and like once i started really getting good at mudlet finally mm-hmm. and uh and it was a lot of fun to actually see it work and do what it's supposed to you know yeah Shifter combat is a lot of fun. I've been trying to learn that lately. But I also think shifter roleplay is very interesting. Very curious. Interesting. Are you a furry, a lily? Is that no, what you're I'm trying to not. say? No, I'm not. I'm going to go there. I mean, why not? <laughs> Don't no, I'm just glad not. we got that out of the way that you're, like you are not. If we're talking about Twilight, where there's like a, a dynamic between vampires and werewolves, and then there's the girl caught in the middle and all of that stuff, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But not in the way that you're talking about. So, were you team a uh, team a uh, vampire or team werewolf? Werewolf all the way. I don't like vampires that glow. That just killed it they for don't, me. They didn't glow. They sparkled. They sparkled. Huh. They sparkle <laughs> forever, even now. <laughs> I'm hot blooded all the way. <laughs> vampires were not not my. Speaking of vampires, mm. speaking of vampires and and the sparkly thing. I think an interesting concept that Itolia did go and do, they don't do it anymore because of the huge outlash, was when the vampires actually got nuked by the noon sun. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Those were the good old days. Yeah, you you had to stay indoors or else the sun really hurt. I remember that. Yeah, you got a blit. It didn't just hurt, it obliterated you in like one or two hits. Huh. I mean, now it's kind of annoying that you can just I would stand at the uh, Esterport's bridge or at North of Trees and there would be a vampire there and and just a long list of them getting irritated by the sun. How many times can you be irritated until you die? You know, that's my question. I don't know, but there was but yeah, I was one of those players that had a huge outlash of it because, you know, it. It was actually affecting uh, group combat and 1v1 combat. 
It made sense lore-wise, like a vampire hanging out in the sun should be afraid of the sun. Lore-wise, it did make sense. Combat-wise, it made it really unbalanced. Well, then a vampire should not be fighting out in the sun. Or they should have a (laughs) night, night, what do you call the conjure darkness thing. Yeah, but the conjure darkness is counteracted by conjure light. Exactly. So dynamics of combat are yeah, but at that point, if if I'm taking a group of vampires to go fight, you know, a group of a group a group of spirit players, and all of a sudden the noon sun hits, then you, know, you better we, run back inside. <laughs> yeah, but then we can't fight for five minutes, and uh-huh. by that time the the fight you, might be over. Exactly. Maybe you should have chose your spot better. <laughs> you should have chose your moment better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I think it makes sense. Like obviously, it makes sense lore wise. Um, yeah, but it's like I get, I also get having played a vampire that yes, it was very annoying. But I like let's be real here. Vampires have traditionally, at least prey has been super hard to kill because of all their innate like resistances and stuff. Yeah, and so there has to, to be now. a weakness. Because yeah. I, I looked at the um the the opposite sides thing because I didn't even know Duwamby were a thing. Like I didn't even know that was a thing until somebody showed it to me recently. That's and I'm looking at it. That's actually I'm, a new thing. And I'm looking at it, and then I'm thinking back to like what I got when I played my vampire, and I'm like, this is this is really bad. Like, like mm-hmm. it's just not nearly as good. Like I don't know, if vampires still get all those innate bonuses because I haven't looked since I've been back. They but three different paths now. Um, I forgot what they are, but they're like, oh, well, Riot can talk about that a lot more than I can. Talk about what? The three different paths. You have Incendiae, Prenomen, Incendiae, Frenesies, and Rituals. Well, you used to just, being a vampire, you used to just have innate resistances to like fire and cold and stuff like that. You, uh, you, you still have an innate resistance to cold. Not so much fire. Oh, I'm sorry. You had a vulnerability to fire, and you had like yes. resistance to cold and magic or something like that. Not magic, cold. Just cold. Just cold. But yeah, yeah. like the Duwamby stuff just seems so weird to me as somebody that's never seen it before and has played for a long Duwamby? time. Like, yeah, like the the things that it gives you, the stats. It's like you yeah. regenerate in a temple. You regenerate willpower. I'm like, how is this? any good at all think of a well, willpower like... for some classes is important but the whole being in the temple thing might i hope that they allow it to expand a little bit more or maybe allow you to carry your own little temple with you temple model or well, something but my, my thought process is like if you're gonna put it in the game mm-hmm. make it worth putting in the game don't just mm-hmm. make it like random stuff that's not useful you know like I don't well, know. That's just how I feel about it. Personally. It was I think put it's in fun. for more of the like, role play aspect. And yeah, because you can create little globes of light and use them wherever you want. You can role play that you have that little the symbiote with you. It it comes off a lot like the Venom game. Yeah, that's what I was not, about to say. Think of think of a Duwambi like like your Venom and Carnage. But it's not and, a split personality. It's not another thing that you can right. just talk to. You don't talk to yourself that way. Or talk to I mean, another the symbiote yeah. that way. It's just part of you, and you just do things. You just know how to do these things. You can talk Automatic. to yourself that way. You might be seem psychotic, but you can do it. Too late. I think Riot would fit it very well. Yeah. But you don't know what Riot does in his personal time. No, I don't think oh. I want to. I don't think I want to. Please don't. No, I don't want to know. Riot primarily <laughs> just hunts. Let's be real. Yeah. He leads the city. 
he kills shit and he takes care of the city. That's it. Wow. In that order? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes he doesn't do any hunting at all. Oh, wow. So this kind of brings me to one last thing I really wanted to talk about time runs out, and that's that's being able to cross play within limits. Like I have no issues having my character go over and bother, you know, Riot once in a while. And I'll be like, hey, stand here, or hey, do this, or hey, what are you doing here? Or like the other day we were thing and I noticed that just the three of us were just three people were on Takana hunting. And I was like, oh, you know what? The crocodile has someone's tail. You know, that light RP like that, I think, is okay across tethers. Um, I'm okay with stuff like that. And I really like it, too, because then I can engage with people that I normally don't have a chance to. And I'm not really closed up. So if somebody is, like, from Spines Reach or Bloodlock or, you know, I don't even know, refugee camps, then then I think it's okay to come out of your shell and say little funny things, little nice things that kind of fit with your role, your character, that yeah. give other people a chance to play with you. I yeah. think that's a good thing to be able to do that. However, yeah. and this is something that we as a player base are growing as well, because, you know, I'm not sure if you read the forums, Eric. Yeah, but a little bit, yeah. There was a huge post or huge thread recently about the polarization of the different of the two tethers where yeah i think i did read that while i was at work one day yeah where we get so consumed by you know like i'm a shadow player and a lolly is a spirit player we get so consumed by our own side that you know most people are like i need to be against a lolly i don't yeah. like, i don't like being against a lolly a lolly is a fun person to talk to she's you know, a fun person to play with. She's thank you. She throws orb sigils at Riot for no fucking reason, and <laughs> I find it absolutely hilarious. I, hate, I gave you a black flower one time, you know, you. at random. I don't, I don't realize. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, so, I, mean, I have such happens. a large, I have such a large inventory that I I don't even realize I have half the artifacts I do because it's in my inventory. Yeah, someone, I was playing with someone and they kind of just made the comment. I was like, I feel bad that I looked at your inventory and that made me feel really bad. So I spent another, I don't know, day trying to organize it with the inventory categories. I feel happy about the way it looks now. I am happy but, with it. But yeah, like we have, this is where we're growing as a player base, which I think is absolutely awesome that while yes, there are still uh, a lot of us that are still growing myself included mm -hmm. um you know we're trying not to have this polarization of you can't talk to them because they're spirit player or because absolutely. they're shadow player absolutely because if there's somebody on the other side that you want to just go and role play at just do it well that's that's also part of the thing you know when somebody creates an alt or like mm -hmm. say it's a shadow alt or say it's a spirit alt we mm -hmm. shouldn't just sit there and be like, you're you're a fucking traitor. No, well, like they're yeah. they're playing a different they just want to play a different side of the game. Like right. we don't know what their situation is. Like we should we should be willing to give them a chance, you know. And mm -hmm. like this is like I said, I think this is where we as a player base are growing because we're we're getting out of that it's 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 my way or not. It's it's right. you're either with me or against me. 
type of thing. And but I, I do want to note that if your character has a certain role, like um, your character is zealotly, you know, religiously following this certain path, and they don't like the dead or they don't like the vampires or they don't like whatever they, they don't have to go out of their way to role play with somebody i'm just saying that for example if my role allows me to just step out of my circle and see half the other game and all of the other people on the other side why not so i think my character and this is just specific to me my character is in a nice situation where she can reach out to other people and try to you know, spread enlightenment or preach the light or just have fun or show people that she's, you know, a nice person. Or throw orb sigils at them. Or throw orb sigils and just create light, you know, light role play like that. Stuff like that. <laughs> there are times where I can just reach out and say, hey, can you check your shops if you have this or this or this? Or like the other day, they had, Bloodlock had... <laughs> had an arena event that has been running for three days, literally the bait the frog thing. So I reached out to riot and I said, you know, that I feel really bad about the frog in your arena. I confused the hell out of him, but <laughs> it was fun, fun to finally see when it clicked in his head that he had an arena running. And it's just nice uh, to, you know, warn him, close your arena event, man. Yeah. Yeah. I will <laughs> say something I've done I've, with a, quite a few people. Is I do I do actually send tells to shadow players. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't got to play a lot with the, any of them in person yet because, like, mm -hmm. I feel like if I was to even try that, I'd probably just be, they'd everybody be like, "Oh, why are you here? I'm going to kill you." Yeah, um, and that that's okay because, like, I get that. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I I've been uh, you also have to consider for both sides. One good reason to want to even do that with someone is that both sides are always going to try and convert each other. To the other side exactly oh I mean, you yeah. just have to be firm in your foundation and enjoy it like i've had a lot i have had a few people try to convert a lolly and be like when are you moving up to spines reach when are you coming here when are you doing that right. but you just have to enjoy enjoy their company enjoy their conversation and try to convert them back or just say it's not happening but i enjoy your company stuff like that right um, but there's a difference between trying to convert and trying mm -hmm. to be hateful towards the opposite side, like yeah, yeah. Know. So see that stuff, I just really don't. I I don't think it's okay to bring that kind of environment into it. But there's always a fun way to introduce people to the game, and I think newbies coming to the game and seeing that a lot of people just get along and a lot of people are trying to be helpful, I think that will attract more people to the game. Definitely, um, I find it I find it difficult to really call newbies newbies. <laughs> not after the retirement came out but hey they're playing a new character you might as well just treat them like they're they're learning and just be gentle like i've i've stopped giving advice to new players as if they're new and, I, and i'm like not gonna tell them hey open this and do this and walk here and do that i just now ask do you know how to do this and then if they say no i have no idea then then i'll escalate the level of help that i'll offer you know that's fair yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that, like, I think sometimes going back to being hateful and stuff, if it's genuinely in character and it fits what your character is trying to do and, and you mean it as a character, I think it's fine to be hateful in certain mm -hmm. circumstances. Sure. But I think it also depends on how you, you bring that communication across. Because to me, it's a lot different 
sending a tell to someone and being hateful and and, because that like feels like you're invading their personal space a bit you know Mm because like tells are very personal you know whereas like against versus like um shouting some shouting something hateful or or, you know saying something hateful to them in person before you attack them in their own city right things like that like that that makes a little more sense to me than being like sending a tell to riot be like i'm gonna kill all your friends and family and blah 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 like and you're worthless and bad and like yeah. that, that's being a troll and that's not really good role play yeah um, i don't think i don't think people should ever be be that mean and and i'm not just saying that in the game or out you know i think it should be carried all across our lives you don't need to say mean things to people just to spite them or just to hurt them you don't know what they're going yeah. through. You don't know what you don't know anything about them. And until you step into their shoes, you know these are just people on the other side that are trying to play a game with you. But That's it's like it comes down to. In my case, and you know this is a little bit of a spoiler because I haven't done a lot of it yet. But I have plans to like, like for one thing, when I send these tells to these shadow players, I'm pretty playful and I'm like being charming and like trying to make people laugh, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I do in real life, and I'm bringing to the game a little bit. But my plan for this character is to make him an absolute zealot that literally wants to annihilate all the shadow. And, and I have plans to do that. Death to shadow. Ways. I support. Well, it's going to be real. Like, it's going to be one of those things where you're playing a spirit player, but you're getting real dark. Like, yeah. and, and vengeful and, and angry and stuff. Um, and you're being a bad guy, even though you're traditionally supposed to be on the light side and be a good guy. Um, that's kind of like a long-term plan I have that I'm, I'm, I'm making plans in my head for. And it's, and when I do it, it's not going to be because I'm trying to troll people. It's because I think that like I did on Imperium back to get back in the day, I think sometimes you need someone to push forward conflict, even if it appears as though they're being mean. Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes you have to have a villain to log on and hate. Yeah. yeah. And I would agree. The, However, I will caution you with what you want to do because a lot of players, while they want that conflict, they also don't want the conflict. It's a give and take. It's, it's a, a weird thing. Edge. Yeah, it's a weird thing. You have to play a balance on it. And, you know, like, I did a lot of awful things on my bad guy on Empyrean, and I got issued all the time. And I'd say out of, like, 50 issues, I might have, like, got punished on, like, one or two of them. Because, like, the admin at the time knew what I was trying to do. It was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But when, it feels very personal to the person that feels like they're being, you know, singled out. But I don't know. I just feel like so- sometimes if you don't have a big bad guy in these games, it just feels very samey and bland. No, that makes sense. And it's like, it's like... um. Like for example, not to single you out, right? But you, you, you're one of the most powerful people in the game. You know, you have all these, all these powers that nobody has. You have all these levels, but it's like, I don't, as a per- player, as a player, not as my character, I don't fear you at all, and I don't hate you, even though you're in a p- good position to like be this ov- honestly awesome character where you could just like be the ultimate bad guy. But that's just not up your alley or whatever. I get it, but. Like, I just feel like there's room in, in Aetolia for, like, a bad guy that nobody's filling currently. Well, it, I don't. the way I see that is the bad guy doesn't have to be a really douchey person. I think it can be a bad guy and still have people yeah. love you on the outside. Every villain's the hero of his own story. 
I mean, that's the truth. Yeah, like, like that. The, the bad guy that I had playing Alali's backstory was just a friend from outside. Then they agreed to play this character and they agreed to become the villain of the story. And they did really crazy things that pissed me off sometimes, but it was also just in the fun of the moment. They, the, some of the things are planned. Some of the things are surprises. But I think um, when you, when you do those role and you take on that role, I think keeping in mind that the person on the other side is still a person with feelings and, and can react to the what to the things you're doing and you you just treat them as people i think that's the best way to write a nice story like in a sense like you know uh i do i do kind of sort of fill that villain role because you know i am the only chaos lord in the game but you, you and- i think you have so much potential for the chaos lord you can become a lot of things with it you can do a lot of things with it on a on a worldwide level and right. and a personal level, but think you about so much potential. Just, think about what we just came out of. We just came out of the chaos war, uh-huh. where you know everybody is was everybody was super gung ho. Kill the chaos lords. Kill the chaos lords. Right. The point that even Anorian, like the heralds of Anorian, or one of them was like, "You're a chaos lord. We're going to murder you." But you have that you have that as a background now that you can use to fuel a lot of interesting role play like uh oh, no. um, like, stories. I one hundred percent agree and, and it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Every, but stop bashing and go role play. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh do is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out I of here? I think this was a fun session. I just wanna say like at the end of the day it's a game and I really want a lot of people to enjoy it. And um, if for any reason, a lot of people that haven't played Italia get to see it and experience it, I hope they like it and they come into it and see that it's not just a combat game. And even though we're talking about the little nuances in it and the culture in it and the people in it, it's also a very fun environment. And it has a lot of rich mechanics that the admins have invested so much energy in that, um, you can be anything. You can be an explorer. You can be a hunter. You can be a warrior. You can be a shopkeeper. You can be all of those things at once too. You know, the, you can be a dirty sailor. You can be whatever. And I think um, the possibilities there for everybody to just pick up and go and and play with that um, make the game fun for a lot of people and, and a lot of people and allow it too. So. I hope I hope we can through this podcast popularize the fun things about the game. I think uh, to to go with an end note on that and piggyback on that is, you know, I totally is more than just a game. It's more than just a mud. It's more than just it's friends. People. It's 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 a social experience. It's a community. Like we're all like whether we like it or not. Like. We we're all each other's support system. Like I have met, while I've not physically met a lot of people, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, and so, you know, mm-hmm. we we all talk to each other. With if one of us is down, you know, we we reach out to the people that we role play closest with, or maybe someone that we kind of have talked to, but they're kind of on the outside looking in. So we're like, hey, 
but we're all each other's support system. And so mm -hmm. when you play Itolia, you're not playing just a game. You're getting involved in a family. I like that. I like that interpretation. I do kind of support it too, because I've had friends from this game for, uh, I want to say 10, 12 years that I've on and off communicated with and, and kept in touch with. But l like in the last few years that I've been back and playing, I've made incredible connections and I found, um, I found really nice people and I've also found very ugly people, but I've found very nice people that, that I do want to keep, you know, in my life for the rest of my life as I continue to, you know, go on about my, my business and my life and everything I've enjoyed. And I think a lot of people can say that there are a lot of support, supportive people here and very kind and generous and honest and blunt and, you know, everything. So coming into this kind of game you bring your creativity you bring your personality you bring a lot of your fears and a lot of your um strengths and weaknesses into it too and it shows you can you can see it so yeah i am your friend right yeah, like, like that's what i told you is like yeah sure not all of us are going to get along with each other there's a couple of players in the game that I don't socialize with or I don't want to have anything to do with. Absolutely. But, and that's you know, okay too because yeah. the, the admins allow you to, to keep that distance. You're not supposed to like everybody. Right. But at the same time, you know, while we that while we are, you know, at least I would imagine if I'm going to shoot for a number a 100 players, you know, I've mm -hmm. got no beef with like 80 of them. You know. That's a so, big number. Like 80, 90 of them, I've got no beef with them. But, you know, at the same time, like I can reach out to almost anybody in the game and be like, hey, yo, what's up? How you doing? Right. Even on an OOC level. And, you know, they're not going to blow me off. They're not going to, they, they might sit there and be like, why are you talking to me? But, you know, they're <laughs> not going to go and be cold shouldered. Like at the end of the day, you know, right. so a lot of us, we there's a, there's a forum thread about, you know, Mads Maddening. And it's a mm -hmm. real life, it's a it's a thread for real life situations that kind of bother us or maybe something's going on. And, you know, I read those threads, I read that thread when somebody's got something going on. And, you know, if it's something that I can go and maybe help with, I go and make a post. But, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of us, we've all got, we've all got lives, kids, wives, husbands, we all got school going on or a job that stresses us out or something is going on in our life because we're real people mm -hmm. so we all i love the fact that we all support each other even mm -hmm. though we don't physically know each other like we know each other through a game and we want everybody to have fun and when somebody passes away we're all kind of like there for them even the admins are there for them oh god that was the most supportive thing that i've ever experienced and i was crying throughout the entire thing when my friend zane passed away um it was it was an incredible experience and yeah, i so i yeah. don't and you don't you don't get that you could yeah. you could go and play any other video game in the world and you will not get that level this level of community this level of family this level of support systems from mm -hmm. from anywhere else except this game mm -hmm. because because we are 100 players we're 100 people 100 different individuals we're all let's we've try got. to make it more 
Let's try to get more people in here and have more fun. I think yeah. that's what we're so, doing with the podcast. Right. And so with us being supportive, you know, I think, you know, since we're going to, since we're trying to be, still be a very strong community, I think new people coming in will eventually feel that same support and be like, hey, I've got shit going on that, you know, who knows, maybe they have a Nitolium player that lives an hour down the road and they can call and be like, hey, you want to hang out so I can kind of see how you are. And if need be, hey, you want to watch my kids for me so me and my husband can go out on a date. You know? Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I like Itolia and I love the support system. I love everybody that I've. So, well, not everybody. Most of the people <laughs> that I've met. There are a few people, but I'm not going to name names. Right. Uh, but yeah. uh, like for the most part, everybody, most people that I've met, I've actually enjoyed having decent conversations with. Both yeah, there are a lot of interesting other. people there, and some of them are very smart. I've asked random questions in and out of character, and um, some of the answers that I get are beautiful answers. And some of them are very enriching, too. Like you, Some things you can ask that give you pause and let you think. Um, if you're an introspective person, then yeah, I, care, I agree with you, Riot. I support you. This Not me. I hate your guts. Rawr. No, that's okay. Kill you, right? You want to kill him? Nah. That's okay. Nah, hate, hating people on a on a on an online game in general is for like twelve year olds. That's you know, my, my opinion. First, my first experience with Riot, I was trying to learn how to bash Takana and just trying to like figure out my um, curing system, making it work. <laughs> but I started hunting on Takana more. And he and I would lock heads so much to where he would kill the fairy, kill the guy that would <laughs> take, <laughs> take the fairy all the way over there. So I couldn't be able to, I wouldn't access it anymore. And that frustrated me so much. So I, that kind of motivated me to get the, the translocator just because of that. And I did. But it was fun. Fun to interact with him afterwards. Like we started claiming the land and then I would just, um, I can't remember what we we ended up doing. Like I would go there before you, and I would lay. I think I would lay a few things on the ground just to confuse you. I don't think that ever right like registered with you. <laughs> it didn't because I would tend to just automatically pick it up, and I'd be like, I don't know why, why this do I is have it. This? Whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Well, no, this was well, fun. Let's uh before we go, let's talk about this show a little bit and where we're going to go in the future with it. Sure. Um, so um, we're going to, we're going to do this every week. I'm hoping we have the same people. I'm hoping riot wants to come back. Um, we are still probably looking for a fourth. I'd like, like I said before, I'd like to get another female, uh, hopefully from spines reach. But if, if, if we can't and somebody from bloodlock wants to do it, that's female. That's fine too. We've had a couple of uh, prospects that are still kind of waiting to see the timing. It's just about being available at the right time and being able to record this at the right time right. for them. Yeah. Um, and even even if even if like we don't like end up having you as like someone that's in this podcast with us, um, I, I still want to do. And we talked about this a little bit. I want to do like a separate interview series that's one on one interviews because I feel like that's the best way to interview someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being somebody that's listened to podcasts a lot, I listen to Joe Rogan and he's even said that and he has like the biggest podcast in the world. You 
you really want interviews to be one-on-one usually. Um, who's, who's Joe Rogan? What podcast does he do? I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. I'm sorry. Right. I'm, uh... <laughs> no, he, he, he's, uh, he, he's a guy that's been a comedian forever. He's known for a lot of things. He uh, is a commentator in the one. UFC. He, okay. His podcast has been around for 10 years, and he has one of the biggest podcasts in the world. He gets like millions of views on YouTube. Uh, he has all kinds of crazy celebrities on there and, and other yeah. people that are interesting. But so like, he has a lot of experience. Most basically. of the podcasts I listen to are like like Star Talk scientific stuff. So right. I enjoy I enjoy the comedians that come on to the that and 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 give give a little bit of humor. What she's saying, what she's saying, Eric, is that she's smarter and better than us. No, I am so well, not saying yeah. that. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's there's a humor a humor character that you can have on on the podcast and it becomes fun. But the one on one interviews with an audience in the background definitely works. Yeah. Uh, so so my plan for that uh, in the future is that I'd like to one on one interview some people. Uh, it doesn't have to be like I'd like to interview some people from the pools. I'd like to interview some players. I'd like to interview some people that don't play anymore that I have on Facebook. Uh, like for example, for that last one, I could probably get Gallius on here. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'd like to do that. And the interviews don't won't necessarily like drop on any like a specific day. We could probably bank a bunch a bunch of them and just drop them whenever we want. Uh, they <laughs> would drop on the same exact feed as the as this would. Like if you subscribe to the podcast, you would get both of them. Um, but what we're gonna do is try to do this every week on you know the same day so far sunday seems to be working relatively well um but yeah i think that's what we're gonna do um i hope everybody liked this first episode obviously it's our first episode so it may or may not change we might go shorter next time longer like whatever we feel like is good that people like um more structure yeah so um i mean i'm i'm good uh do you guys want to plug anything like they do on every other podcast no i'm good Come play Atolia. Yeah, play Atolia. Atolia.com, ironrealms.com. Vote. vote for Atolia. Get more peeps. But yeah, I think uh, I think we're good, man. Um, Till next time, we'll see you later. See you. Bye. Bye.